You're listening to Martin Wolf's podcast from the Financial Times. As the latest world economic outlook from the International Monetary Fund remarks, the world economy has entered new and precarious territory. What are perhaps most remarkable are the contrasts between booming commodity prices and credit market collapses, and between buoyant growth in emerging economies and incipient recession in the US. So where are we? How did we get here? And what should we be doing? The WIO's answer to the first question is that the US economy may shrink by 0.7% between the fourth quarter of last year and the fourth quarter of 2008. This is a big shift from the 0.9% increase over that period forecast as recently as the January WIO update. Moreover, growth is expected to be only 1.6% over the following four quarters. Meanwhile, the Eurozone's growth is expected to fall to just 0.9% between the fourth quarter of 2007 and the fourth quarter of 2008. While the most important high-income countries stumble, the picture for the emerging economies is of just modestly diminished growth. 7.5% growth in emerging Asia this year, with China on 9.3% and India on 7.9%, 6.3% in Africa, and 4.4% in the Western Hemisphere. In all, growth of the world economy is forecast to slow considerably, from 4.9% last year to 3.7% in 2008, measured at purchasing power parity exchange rates. In terms of growth at market exchange rates, the slowdown is more significant, down from 3.7% in 2007 to 2.6%. Even so, global growth would remain well above levels in 2001 and 2002. This then would be a case of large earthquakes, not too many hurt. Yet these forecasts coincide with two huge events, the financial crisis and the commodity price shock. The first is described by the WIO as the, and I quote, the largest financial shock since the Great Depression, close quote. The second is the result either of a gathering inflationary storm or of reaching limits to the rate of growth, or, more plausibly, of both. Not surprisingly, the WIO concludes that risks are tilted far to the downside. So many can be listed, worsening financial conditions, inflation risks, further adverse shocks in the oil market, and disorderly unwinding of global payments imbalances, particularly if investors decide that the Federal Reserve has abandoned its duty to conserve the purchasing power of the dollar. What has brought us to this point has at least five components. The accelerated growth of emerging economies, especially China. The emergence of a huge surplus of savings over investment in significant emerging economies, particularly China and the oil exporters. A long period of low inflation and relatively stable economic activity in high-income countries. Financial liberalization and innovation. And, last but not least, accommodative monetary policies. Emerging economies have been the engines of growth over the past five years. China accounted for a quarter, Brazil, India and Russia for almost another quarter, and all emerging and developing countries together for about two-thirds, measured at PPP exchange rates, of world growth. Furthermore, notes the WIO, these economies account for more than 90% of the rising consumption of oil products and metals, and 80% of the rising consumption of grain since 2002 
with scandalously wasteful biofuel programs contributing most of the remainder. Emerging economies have also been huge exporters of capital. China's current account surplus was 11.1% of gross domestic product last year. Higher prices of petroleum have also shifted income to high-saving countries. The IMF forecasts the aggregate current account surplus of emerging and developing countries at $729 billion this year. The excess savings have been largely absorbed by those high-income countries with liberalized financial systems adept at channeling credit to those people interested in borrowing on the needed scale. Households. The U.S. has been overwhelmingly the most important of these countries. The Federal Reserve, obliged to keep domestic output more or less in line with potential, accommodated the capital inflow. But in an environment of financial liberalization and innovation, the resultant excesses produce the disarray we see today. What finally should we be doing? The WIO supports the Fed's monetary activism and recommends easing to the ECB as well. It suggests discretionary fiscal stimulus in some countries. It also proposes further currency appreciation and higher interest rates for some emerging economies, notably China. Yet what shine out to me from this analysis are four longer-term policy questions. The first is whether the pattern of global payments can or will adjust smoothly without triggering another round of financial crises, probably in emerging economies some years hence. Are the latter now financially robust enough to run current account deficits safely? The second question is how to run monetary policy when a large commodity price shock is underway. Inflation hawks argue that the rate of rise in the prices of everything else should be driven down. The result would, of course, be a sustained period of weak growth. At the same time, the longer the rise in commodity prices continues, the more difficult it becomes to resist this argument. The third is what to do about a financial system that has misbehaved so spectacularly. How radically should regulation be changed? Is there indeed anything to be done that can make it less crisis-prone while remaining innovative and flexible? Finally, and most fundamentally, will it be possible to retain a political consensus in high-income countries in favour of a liberalised and globally integrated economy? How do we persuade citizens that the rise of the emerging countries the brightest story of our era is to be welcomed rather than resented or even resisted when what they experience is financial disarray, falling house prices, recession and soaring costs of essential commodities. This year is a turning point. It is up to us to make it turn in the right direction. It will not be easy. Thank you for listening. To read Martin Wolf's columns online, please go to www.ft.com forward slash wolf.